Hi guys, and welcome to Dermatologist Talks, Science of Beauty. In this episode, we're continuing our series on own natural hair. Essentially, it's hair that is so healthy looking that it doesn't require the use of styling products. In a previous episode, we shared about the importance of maintaining a healthy hair shaft for beautiful looking hair. Also, we covered the commonest causes of hair shaft damage, how to treat hair fragility, and the importance of embracing your natural hair, whether it's curly or straight, coarse or fine. If you've heard about the trend skinification of hair, well, this episode is probably of interest to you. The skinification of hair refers to the incorporation of advanced formulations with superior active ingredients for home treatment of the scalp and hair shaft, similar to what you would find in a cosmeceutical skincare regimen. So here's a good perspective to start with. Our expert dermatologist, Dr. Tiawan Lin from TWL Specialist Skin and Laser Center will share her vision of what beautiful hair means, how to achieve it, and hopefully you can formulate your own concept of beautiful hair as well with the help of the Cosmeceutical Hair Care range by Dr. TWL Dermaceuticals. Dr. Tio, as a dermatologist, what are your tips for attaining beautiful hair? First of all, we want to make sure that your scalp is healthy. If your scalp is greasy, if you have dandruff, that's going to affect your hair cycle. Your hair will not grow out healthy. Oh, I see. That actually makes sense. I know that Dr. TWL Dermaceuticals has a hair cosmeceutical regimen as part of a hair care ritual. It's designed to help with scalp conditions too. How can oily and flaky scalp conditions be treated? The good news is it can be effectively treated with medicated shampoos. The over-the-counter degreasing shampoo from Dr. TWR Dermaceuticals contains zinc perithone and salicylic acid, which is an effective method of inhibiting excessive fungal growth that can cause seborrheic dermatitis, which as its name suggests, is both an oily and a dry scalp condition. That's certainly good news for many of our listeners who suffer from dandruff and oily scalp. I think many of us are also interested in a sustainable home care regimen for our hair shaft. Well, as we've spoken about in the previous episode, when hair is healthy, we can often go sans styling products. Do you have personal tips on how we can achieve shiny, glossy, and smooth hair? Preferably with a hair care recommendation that we can adopt right in the comfort of our own homes without visiting a salon? I'm going to share a bit about my personal experience. So I have been conditioning my hair for as long as I can remember. Uh, Specifically from uh, the age of 11, I remember I stopped using the uh, two-in-one shampoo, which was this Johnson & Johnson's baby shampoo, a two-in-one shampoo. But when I was 12, uh, I started using a hair conditioner as a separate step from my shampoo. It's funny because uh, it was because of an etiquette class I attended that my mom had sent me to when I was 11 because apparently I was turning out to be so rowdy. I think she felt I was very unladylike and needed some proper instruction. So I remember the instructor, uh, it was a Miss Ida Ong, um, telling us then that we actually needed to have two different products for our hair and scalp. So I believe my first shampoo, and this is quite a funny anecdote because I don't see it being sold these days, is a brand called Vidal Sassoon. Um, And that was my first exposure at the tender age of 11 um, in terms of learning more about the ingredients of shampoos. 
I remember that it was ammonium laurel sulfate based rather than SLS based. And uh, distinctly, there was one of the reasons the instructor then recommended it to us because she said that it would be gentler on our hair shaft. Uh, I started using a conditioner also from then. So over the course of many years, I was definitely experimenting with various types of hair conditioners because I actually naturally have fine hair and I really wanted more volume. I worked as a model for a long time when I was in medical school and the excessive styling does cause your hair to become more fragile. Uh, there are certain hairstyles which um, you know the hairstylist would, would use to increase the volume of uh, your hair and one of the most dreadful would be back combing um, and, and that was really essentially trying to mat my hair um, so that I would have more volume and it was really a nice nightmare trying to get out of that um, matted kind of mess after uh, shoots and shows. Uh, so, you know, I definitely paid a lot of attention to the health of my hair. It was also very important at the same time to have as virgin looking hair as possible uh, whenever you presented yourself at casting. So, all of these um, earlier life experiences I had certainly impacted the way uh, I practice as a dermatologist now uh, in terms of offering advice on uh, hairstyles and hair care. Um, and it's along the lines of just focusing on having healthy hair and minimal styling on a daily basis. So uh, there was also something that I uh, bore in mind when I went into the development of cosmeceutical science formulas for the hair shaft in particular, which is an area that um, is dominated mainly by the uh, cosmetic uh, industry and not something that uh, dermatologists have spent a lot of time uh, working on. So I felt that that was a void that needed to be addressed. That's quite amusing to see how much of an impact one good piece of advice can really have. It's also so interesting to see how that one rule of having a good hair conditioner and shampoo has really shaped the way you practice and even inspired your research in hair cosmeceuticals. But with this trend of skinification of hair, I wanted to find out if there really is good research behind active ingredients in hair care cosmeceuticals. So hair shaft cosmeceuticals are actually not very well studied. In fact, there is a clear void of literature on this topic. Um, and as I mentioned, it's really just ended up uh, being, you know, the work of fabulous, you know, great hairstylists, many of whom are my friends as well, and also the science scientific researchers for cosmetic hair care brands. From a medical perspective, I do feel that it's very important to address the problems of hair fragility. And uh, women are very aware as well that hair can be shiny or it can be dull. You're absolutely right. I mean, the hair they showcase in hair commercials always looks so healthy, shiny and smooth. I wonder if it's idealized, but it also looks so groomed and sleek that I wonder if it's also just styling products. But then again, they do show the model's head swinging and swaying around in these commercials. And it actually shows that the hair strands are move so naturally as well. So I'm not really sure what to think. So this perceived sense of softness, smoothness uh, has to do with hair manageability as well, which is an important 
um, cosmetic consideration, but also a functional consideration that dermatologists um, bear in mind when we are monitoring the progress of uh, individuals with uh, hair or scalp problems. Um, finally, I feel that natural hair, um, beautiful hair, also has to have great movement. So the best hairstyle is um, who will actually create a hairstyle for you, uh, and that is one that requires minimal styling and maintenance on a daily basis, and so you can still look great. First of all, um, it's the healthiest way so to get a good haircut. Um, and secondly, hair that moves is also hair that's beautiful because it looks natural. And, um, you know, the human perception of beauty, uh, I feel ultimately at its core is about appreciating what is authentic and truthful. So, I guess it's all consistent uh, with what we already know. So using this uh, as a basis for discussion, uh, I want to emphasize the fundamental techniques and the methods that we can employ to achieve these outcomes. So in terms of hair shine, uh, lack of shine is specifically because of accumulation of multiple layers of dead, uh, of old dead keratin. So shine is essentially an optic effect created by light effects um, hitting the surface of your hair. So if you lack shine, uh, there are these home remedies that tell you, you know, for example, to apply apple cider vinegar rinses to increase your hair shine. And I think there is some sort of beneficial effect, and I do believe I've tried it before. And it's probably got to do with some alteration of the surface of the um, the hair shaft, but uh, I don't know specifically why. I'm not sure if that's actually been studied. Uh, but essentially, uh, I, I don't do that uh, on a regular basis. I've not done that beyond that one time I experimented. I think that was when I was in my mid-20s. Because, um, you know, if apple cider vinegar gets onto your skin, you actually get some form of dermatitis. It's actually pretty caustic. Um, now, there is a benefit uh, in terms of shampooing daily, especially in a tropical climate like Singapore when we're all sweaty and oily uh, at the end of the day. And um, the additional benefit is going to be in the form of having shiny hair um, because the um, hair shaft is going to be properly cleansed. So the second method of uh, ensuring hair shine and smoothness is by targeting your cuticle, the outermost layer of your hair shaft, and by ensuring that it is healthy. So what you need to do um, is to regularly distribute the natural sebum you have on your scalp all the way to your um, hair ends, okay? And um, this has to be with a brush. So as I mentioned uh, previously, a paddle brush, a wooden paddle brush is ideal. Um, the wooden bristles, first of all, are um, non-static causing and also bamboo, for example, has naturally bacteriostatic effects. Um, and that's the uh, sandalore um, bamboo petal comb that we uh, have under the dermaceuticals arm. Uh, it's also sustainable. Uh, and finally, we know that the natural bristles, unlike plastic or metal bristles, 
they are able to absorb your sebum, the oil from your scalp. So when you're trying to uh, brush your hair, you start from your roots, where it comes into contact with your scalp, and um, you're trying to redistribute the sebum from your scalp onto the bristles, and then naturally, as you comb, um, the wooden bristles absorb the sebum and then redistribute it to the rest of your hair shaft. Um, at the same time, the brushing effect detangles your hair and can increase hair shine as well. And it's also a form of scalp massage that can increase blood circulation and all this is beneficial for your scalp. I mean, I've never really put much thought into how the comb I use can affect how my hair looks. It's always been a tool that I kind of use pretty sparingly just because I have relatively short hair. It's really good to know that a good brush really does make all the difference. Well, then I have a question. What about combs? Do we not need that at all? I feel like when I get out of the shower, my hair is extra matted, and whenever I do use a brush, I find myself tugging and pulling just to get all the tangles out. Smoothness has a lot to do with how manageable your hair is. So you definitely need to comb your hair. There are two steps to combing your hair. First is with a white tooth comb, which I always use in the shower. And a lot of beauty websites tell you that you should not comb your hair when it's wet. But frankly, what they really mean is do not brush your hair when it's wet. However, you should definitely comb it with a white tooth detangling comb when it's wet. Um, for that, I use a carbon comb that was gifted to me by my longtime hairstylist. And that actually helps to smoothen out any tangles before it gets dry. And because by the time your hair is dry and it's tangled, it's going to be very difficult to detangle your hair without breaking your hair. So this is the reason why hairstylists actually comb through and cut your hair when it's wet because it's much easier for them to detangle it. The second tip I have is to use a paddle brush when your hair is dry. A lot of styling can actually uh, be omitted if you have a good paddle brush and you follow through with these steps of grooming. Um, hair dryers, uh, I think, have um, evolved over the last decade, and uh, all the hair dryers that I've used, they don't have excessive heat, and a lot of them have this ionic technology as well, which uh, releases ions so that you have supposedly less static on your hair, and it's less frizzy. I see. Well, I definitely have to start incorporating these tips into my hair care routine. For now, I just do the bare minimum and don't even brush my hair before I dry it, just because it's such of a mess um, getting the tangles out. And now that you mention it, it's a lot harder to get the tangles out um, after my hair dries. So I was looking at the hair care ritual by Dr. TWL Dermaceuticals, and I found that the conditioner is really unique in terms of its formulation. I actually haven't come across a hair conditioner that promises to thicken your hair shaft, and I'm kind of curious as to how this is possible. The hair thickening mask is a conditioner which I use, and it's truly my prescription for all natural hair. It's actually formulated with hydrolyzed wheat proteins rather than traditional silicones, which is um, the bulk of all commercial hair conditioners and it's precisely what makes hair appear unnaturally flat, lacking movement, and um, 
Well, not frizzy, but just not looking particularly appealing or um, bouncy, which is what uh, women are looking for, actually. Hydrolyzed wheat protein uh, is a great option for a hair conditioner because um, it mimics the natural feel and behavior of the keratin that makes up your hair shaft. It does a great job of repairing uh, you know, your damaged hair shaft by coating it. And secondly, um, there is this ingredient, uh, Camellia sinensis, which helps to increase the growth phase of your hair. Um, and that, you know, is the anagen phase. Finally, it's also important to incorporate um, natural oils such as safflower oil, which we use in our Lippy Shine Serum, as well as sea buckthorn oil, which makes up the Lippy Silk Serum. These are antioxidant oils derived from plants that have been evidenced to repair the hair shaft by restoring its natural physical chemical properties well, lots of cultures do actually incorporate the use of hair oils. I know that my Indian friends regularly use coconut oil to maintain their long, beautiful tresses. So I do know that there are many benefits of these plant oils, especially for hair. I've always been a little bit intimidated by hair oils though, because while I do want my hair to look more shiny and glistening, I don't want it to look or feel oily. But what about hot oil treatments? I've heard a lot about it and I've always wondered how I could do it myself at home. Uh, how I use hot oil treatments is like this. I use a biological gel cap that's the uh, cutest cool CMC gel cap, uh, which you can heat up using your home microwave or we have a mask bar system that uh, heats it up very quickly. And then you wear it over wet hair that has these oils applied onto it after your shampoo. So you wear it for about 15 minutes or even longer and then subsequently you rinse it off. So this is one method um, that I do on a uh, monthly basis at least, but if not bi-monthly, um, that can improve hair elasticity and it also definitely reduces the risk of hair fragility and can definitely repair hair breakage. We also should touch on grooming uh, in terms of the type of hair elastics that you use to tie your hair. Living in Singapore, where it's very warm and humid all throughout the year, I think for a lot of women who have medium to long hair, it is very impractical not to tie up your hair at all. You may have heard it said that it is sometimes bad to have your hair tied up all the time because of traction. So the pressure that exerts, that's exerted on your scalp can lead to something called traction alopecia. This is a type of hair loss that we see in uh, ballerinas and figure skaters. Um, in certain sports, if they're wearing helmets and your hair is always tightly pulled back or um, kind of being uh, caught in Velcro straps, etc., which is which was the case for me when I was in fencing, um, the pressure and the pulling force can cause a form of scarring hair loss where the hair follicles over time actually stop growing new hair. Now, um, from my personal experience uh, in sports, it's really important to have good hair management strategies. Um, in fencing, we have a um, face mask. Um, to the layperson, it looks like a helmet, but it's, it's called a face mask. And um, you wear it from the front. 
Your hair is a major issue for, I mean, for female fencers. I think everybody can understand. The wrong elastics, first of all, uh, can cause your hair to break. Wearing and under the face mask where there's movement, uh, and it can also be very painful if your hair is caught in, um, you know, a very tight elastic during a match. And um, the second thing is if it slips out, all this is just, I mean, not just uncomfortable, but also uh, really inconvenient. So on a daily basis uh, as well, when you do any sports in Singapore and overseas, you, you in temperate climates, it's definitely an issue if you don't tie up your hair because you sweat. And um, the kind of hair ties that one should use and for what purpose, I think it's pretty relevant, but I'm not sure if I've heard anyone talk about this extensively. And I do because I, I just am bothered by it. So I actually tie my hair up most of the time because I don't like having hair all over my face. Um, and when I work as well, I just find that it's a lot more convenient. So... Um, I've actually had a form of eczema at the nape of my neck before when I was using certain hair ties uh, that would cause friction at the nape of my neck. Uh, I think it's got to do with sweat and, um, you know, just me being atopic. I do have a tendency to develop eczema and that's genetic. Yes, when doing sport, how the hair is tied up, whether it's too loose or too thin, too high or too low, really does make a difference in comfort levels and can also affect your exercise too. I actually do know that there are certain brands of hair elastics that would not tangle and tug at my hair, so I've stuck to buying these brands for the longest time. But the problem is, after a while, they all start to disintegrate. And um, now that we're going to this more sustainable era, I also feel that it's environmentally unfriendly to be um, continuing to buy and throw away all these elastics so frequently. The material of the elastic itself, um, it really matters. And, you know, the two main types of hair elastics I now use, day-to-day uh, -day I use one which is called the Smart Spiral. It's made from thermosensitive polyurethane, which basically conforms to your, the natural wave shape and texture of your hair so that it grips onto it in a way that offers maximum friction so it doesn't slip off, which is very important when you're doing sports. So um, I had that happen to me before and it was incredibly inconvenient. So these smart spirals are engineered in a way that it stretches with the natural movement and texture of your hair and also because of the angle at which is designed, it leaves no mark on your hair, which I think for women is quite important because sometimes, you know, we, we like to have our hair up and then when we have it down, we don't want that, that uh, elastic sort of mark or crease. So um, besides, there's this annoying thing, which I think all everybody with long hair can identify with, and that is uh, a snack. So those uh, fabric-coated elastics always end up snagging and pulling out bits of your hair. It's almost like they have cracks in there that are just <laughs> designed to trap your hair. Um, so I never had that problem when I switched to uh, polyurethane spiral elastics. So um, for the Smart Spiral, it's also um, you know great because the polymer coating 
uh, stops it from slipping off so you have maximum hold and minimal tension and you can even create like a high ponytail with this and you don't feel that your scalp hurts which for me i i do feel it when um i have to, i wear tight hairstyles i mean i've definitely gone through so many hair elastics just because of that reason Every time I try to pull it out, it feels like it's tearing out a chunk of my hair. And it's always a game of wincing and yanking just to get the hair tie out. In terms of the design of the hair ring, um, I feel that individuals with sensitive scalp um, problems will understand that it is actually very critical uh, when you wear higher, tighter ponytail hairstyles, which are actually you know really helpful to kind of give yourself like a, a little facelift it, it does make you look more lifted and younger and it's really an optical illusion um but you you really uh can't have it um in a truly super tight uh, elastic for the whole day because as much as it looks good it will hurt after a while and um, it does predispose you to getting traction alopecia as well the other type of uh, hair elastic that i use for more formal occasions or when i want to look a little bit more glamorous is actually a very simple black silicon coated hair tie um, so the benefit of that is that uh, as opposed to the spiral, uh, which has the least amount of uh, friction and traction on the hair and the scalp, uh, this, this silicon hair tie maintains a very sleek look and it uh, blends in with the natural color of your hair. So it's available in black, clear and brown. It's non-slip. The silicon coating uh, does not cause any hair damage. Uh, and snacks, which is what you experience with your usual fabric coated elastics. And the smart uh, elastics themselves are uh, made from the silicon that is, um, you know, way more, which is regarded as way more sustainable than uh, plastics because it's engineered from silica uh, and that's from sand. It's also far more durable. It's non-toxic to oceans and the environment. And as an interesting anecdote, my elastics have always over a period of at best months uh, ended up being broken because of repeated use and stretching but with these I've actually never broken any one of these and the only time was when my dog found it uh, my dog Ash uh, if you follow my Instagram you would uh, know who he is he actually found it uh, and as a small puppy in the middle of the night and then he chewed it to bits and the, the next thing I knew was that he started vomiting so he basically choked so just a warning if you have a pet at home you might want to keep all elastics away from your pets that's so cute! I mean, I never really thought that there could be better elastics. I've always just gone with the simple black ones that they sell at the stores, so I definitely need to invest in some better ones that don't try to yank my whole head of hair out when I'm untying my hair. So I feel that these are important characteristics of hair ties um, that are relevant. Uh, for individuals who want to have, um, you know, like healthy scalp, healthy hair, and also be comfortable in terms of how they feel throughout the day and when they do sports. Um, the other thing, of course, is that um, a lot of hair ties, they tend to stretch. And then after a, a certain number of 
uses it, it can't be used anymore and there's a lot of waste actually so the thing with the smart spiral is that it uh, stretches but then it can be easily um, shrunk back to um, a small its original size with uh, just heat from my, your hair dryer something quite cool which i have always wanted uh it's a volumizer for my ponytail so um the smart pony utilizes a folding mechanism to volumize your ponytail and you know there's just something perennial about wearing your hair in a ponytail because i think as schoolgirls um it was like the mark of your i guess how cool or how in you were how you wore your ponytail um and even today i it's my favorite hairstyle um i do love a braid as well a loose braid because i find that it's the best way to keep my hair um out of tangles in humid weather. Anyway, the uh, Smart Ponytail Volumizer is a very chic way to jazz up your hairstyle for a night out or even uh, a nice dinner date in. I have naturally fine hair, so volumizing my ponytail is something I'm always looking out for. Well, today we've learned important tips from a dermatologist on how to get shiny, smooth, and manageable hair, including a dermatologist recommended hair care routine and even how to choose the right material for your hair ties. Well, Dr. TWL Biomaterials has a range of hair elastics suited for those with thinning hair and sensitive scalps in order to minimize tension on the scalp and avoid hair breakage. If you are interested in developing or starting a hair care routine at home, do check out the full hair care ritual available on our podcast transcript with featuring products by Dr. TWL Dermaceuticals, a cosmeceutical skincare and hair care brand from Singapore. Dr. Teo is also the author of Hair Care Bible Dermatologist Tips on Hair Care and Hair Loss, which is available on Amazon Books, Apple Books, as well as Google. Well, we've certainly discovered quite a lot about hair care in today's podcast episode. You may follow Dr. Teo on Instagram at Dr. Teo Wan Lin for the latest podcast updates and make sure to check out our website at www.scienceofbeauty.net for the full episode transcript. <laughs>